Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question. Are my business problems actually me problems? In that, I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses, they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is Roxanne Bois, who is an eco-friendly speech-language pathologist in Ontario, Canada. Um, the company is centered around helping people from all walks of life in the areas of speech, language, voice, and swallowing. Clients can expect high-quality and individualized assessment and treatment services in French, English, Spanish, Portuguese, Nepali, or Hindi, both in person and virtually throughout Northern Ontario, uh, including several rural areas. So Roxanne, thank you very much for being on. How are you doing today? I'm good. That was a mouthful. <laughs> uh, well, th- listen, that, that that's your bio. So like celebrate, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's a pretty good bio. <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good as well. Uh, yeah, as we were saying off air, it's always cool when I have somebody uh, local, uh, you know, and, and, and Canadian, especially uh, on the show, because it's usually people from the States. So I'm, I'm excited to dive into this. And uh, from what I can remember, I think actually the first uh, speech pathologist I've ever had on here. So I'm excited to to dive into all of that. So yeah, why don't you break down for us? Like, who are you? You know, how did you get to do what you're doing? Kind of floor is yours for that. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So I am um, a mom, I guess, above all, I have three kids. Uh, one of them is special needs. He's 14. Um Prior to his birth, I was a high school teacher. Um, I taught uh, for three years and then I had him and in, in kind of life shifted quite a bit. Um, he was pretty much in hospital, in and out of hospital for the first few years of his life. So um, it kind of prompted me to walk away a little bit from the teaching. Um, I was missing a lot of school and felt it was pretty unfair to my students that that I was, you know, absent so much. So yeah, I went back to school and uh, did one year at undergrad level, which propelled me into the master's of speech language pathology. And I haven't looked back. Um, I mean, it's pretty similar of a field to what I was doing. I was teaching mostly languages. um, And it is initially what I had thought I might become when I started university. So it was a very easy shift. And uh, I absolutely adore it. Um, I've been doing that since 2014. Um, I worked in a university clinic setting and then I did a bit of home care and uh, opened up my private practice on the side. Um, So I've been doing that kind of casually over the last five or six years. And just this past July, August, um, decided to go full time because I was kind of at a point where the demand was too high and I couldn't do both anymore. I like work full-time home care and do the private practice on the side. And uh, I have a pretty high risk tolerance. So I just decided to try it and go in full force. Um, 
and it's going so well that I'm just like scrambling to hire. So I'm, I'm in this position now where I'm scaling, uh, very quickly and, uh, and business is great. Uh, love what I do. Love, love everything under the sun in the field. Uh, it's a bit of a generalist practice, um, kind of in like Northern Ontario, there's, there's a large catchment area and there's a very, um, there's a lot of service gaps. So my purpose is really to fix those, you know, fill those service gaps and make sure that no families are left without services or on really long wait lists. Hmm. Beautiful. Love it. Love that on so many levels. And uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's great that business is booming and like I, I have these like scaling issues, like it's a great problem to have, but it's still a problem. So like, uh, you know, <laughs> like I, I get it. Um, so yeah. So why don't you then just break us uh, into that? Like, what are the top problems that you're facing right now, whether like you as a leader at the helm of this scaling or in the actual business and, you know, we can take it from there. Mm, yeah. I think I could take this question in many different directions. Um, the problem that I'm facing right now is um, a hiring employees because there is a really big demand for SLPs and tons of vacant positions right now in the area. Um, so that's one of my issues. Another issue is I have a caseload. I have a very, very full caseload. So as I'm trying to work on the back end of the business to try and, you know, set up HR and set up um, new hires and market for hires and, and all of that learning and and also doing, <laughs> I also have to keep up with my very full caseload uh, because I need to pay the bills, right? And keep this business afloat. Um, so yeah, all the back end trying to get to the point where I could hire. And now that I have hired is like taking the time to, to train the staff to essentially become extra versions of me. <laughs> to offer more services to more families, um, which is really my goal. My goal is impact. I just want to have as much positive impact as I can. Um, yeah. So I just, not enough of me is the problem right now. Got it. Okay. So yeah, I mean, listen, I, I get it. Cause that's, it, it's kind of like it, with the transition that you're making in, in the situation that you're in, it's kind of like those problems are very realistic and, and kind of unavoidable. Like it, it, it is part of the beast of what it is that you are trying to build. And I don't say that at all to discount how difficult it is to like juggle all of those plates. I, I get it. I'm in the same position when I had my studio and, and was like training all of my trainers and getting all of that going. So I know that world really well. So my question to you then would be, like, what is the actual problem for you or put a different way? What do you feel like you need the most support in? Yeah, um, I think a lot of it stems from something called exec executive functions. So I had a, like a brain injury during my placement as a speech language pathologist, which was interesting, but I feel like when I had, so I got carbon monoxide poisoning and when that happened, my brain really changed a little bit in its ability to organize and plan and and all those little underlying um cognitive functions so since then that's something that i 
have to focus a lot on. And there's a high demand on those abilities right now, right? So there's a lot of demand on me scheduling and and being extremely organized. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's that side, which is a little bit of a, you know, just a cognitive load for me. Um, and uh, uh, what was the other thing I was going to say? So just that ability and the sheer volume of work that has to be done while taking care of my family at the same time. Those are, I think those are my biggest concerns right now. It's not for lack of motivation because I have all the motivation under the sun. And I, I, I think it's just, if I were to take better care of, of organizing and, and really like having plans in place and systems in place, like once that's taken care of, I think this will move very well in the scaling direction. Got it. So to just kind of zoom out a little bit, what are like the one to two main things that have to go right in order for everything to move forward? Yeah, that's a great question. I think right now today, um, I need to move my files from paper files to digital files. Um, that is the thing that is really at the basis of getting things moving forward because my goal is to streamline and my goal is to have my employees start off in one way that is sustainable. Um, but I have like my paper files that just, I just have to get into them and move them over to digital so that I can then share um, those properly with my employees. I think that's my biggest thing. Okay. Um, yeah, that and location is an issue. So I'm waiting on grant funding to see if um, locations are going to happen. So I have a hard time planning the next, you know, several months of this year without knowing if I'm going to have if I'm going to be staying at my current location, which is kind of an intermediate, not a destination, um, or if I'm actually going to have the space that I'm dreaming of to keep programming going in the direction that it's going in. Got it. Okay, perfect. So to what degree is your day-to-day, -day, or I guess maybe a different way, what percentage of your resources, so time, energy, attention, is devoted to ensuring that those two main things are moving forward week to week. I'd say not enough. <laughs> um, so for, just for the sake of playing with numbers, like yeah, that, does that mean 5%? Does that mean 30%? Yeah. Like what, yeah. where would that be? Yeah. So the, the location is out of my control. Um, that is literally just a waiting game. I'm just waiting for answers. And so that is less than 5% of my energy because I don't have control over the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, moving the physical files to digital files is probably like, if I consider my percentage as my work day and not my home life, um, probably about less than 20% because the rest of the time I'm either training my employee or with clients, client facing right now. Got it. Mm -hmm. So if we don't like, okay, there's not a direct control that you have over the location. And I get there's other um, stakeholders that need their input before something can move forward there. So, okay. Digitizing files as the number one thing that's going to be the domino that moves a lot of things forward. I'm spending 
of my time on the thing that could have the 80% leverage to actually move me forward. So what lands for you with that reflection? It's genius. <laughs> okay. So what, what about it? Like, what, what I'm going to put those land? numbers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. So like why, why, right? Like, so I guess, well, how did you, we get here? And then why would you want to flip them? Yeah. I'm just going to book myself a, a day that I would have been taking off, which is a Sunday, um, Sunday. Let me think about this here. In this case, it's going to be a Sunday afternoon. I'm going to hold myself accountable this Sunday afternoon. Uh, and I will just get them all done. That's it. I'll just, instead of playing with percentages, I'll hit my hundred percent and put that as my top priority and then move forward. That's easily peasy. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. It was, it was quite simple. Obvious, so, eh? <laughs> that obvious. Um, okay. Perfect. So yeah, I think, and okay, just, I guess, contextualize that then it's like, if if you're unclear on like what the destination is, then like you might even know it, but just maybe aren't like it's not top of mind. So it's like if you're unclear on where you're going, your brain then defaults to, well, I just got to do more. Like I got to do more training. I got to do more hiring. I got to do more client work. I got to do more of everything. And doing more doesn't actually mean it's going to get you closer to what it is that you actually want right so like right off the bat a good filter is like is this moving me closer to what it is that i say that i want or am i just letting my brain default to doing more right so in this instance if i digitize everything i'm assuming that's going to allow better access to the employees that I actually am training then it's going to allow better communication with everything it's going to allow smoother systems and all of the other things that go along with like digitizing things right yeah. so it's like that one domino knocks out a good portion of your training, but it's just, you, you're not seeing the forest from the trees because you're in, in the thick of it. Right. So again, mm -hmm. let me know what lands there before I, I go on. I love a good nature analogy. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I'm a bit of a hippie. I love nature. It's my vibe. Beautiful. So if that lands, then I guess the, the other side that I was going to ask is what's your relationship like to asking for help? I've come a long way here. It used to be terrible. Um, but having a child with, you know, big special needs forces you into having to ask for help. So I've been very uncomfortable in that for many years, but I feel like I'm on the other side of that where I can ask for help. Um, yeah, I feel like I did ask for help. I've been trying to hire since October. I just didn't have the, you know, candidates flowing in that I was hoping just because the market is pretty saturated. Um, not for lack of trying. I definitely put all of my eggs in that basket. Um, but yeah, I am very open to help these days and I'm not afraid to ask when I need it. Um, I'm delegating a lot. I have a virtual assistant. Um, she is phenomenal. Um, and I've even started like outsourcing to other, um, other, um, you know, kind of contracted out assistants being my hands instead of me having to scramble. Um, yeah. So yeah, not afraid, not afraid. Perfect. Good. Yeah. Cause that, that's, was going to be like my check. So 
with something like digitizing files and if like i'm missing something with regards to like the process this has to go through depending because i don't know much about like the technical aspects of your work um like is this something that one of your employees can do um potentially um most likely not much of it can be done just because i have um I want to be able to add to to what already exists, but I could, that's a good point. I could get um, the bulk of it in there and then just go in and make sure that everything made it in um, appropriately. Yeah, that that that's a thought, that's a thought. Cool, and then I'll just like, <laughs> like kind of what my thought process from the outside looking in, right? If this is not like a technical necessity for you to actually need to be the one to do this it's like if this is a contributing factor and a domino to better training and onboarding of my employees if i already have those people in my sphere like why not make that a part of their training like i i know it's like redundant work but can i find teaching moments in it like when you're transcribing i don't know whatever these notes pay attention to x y and z because it's irrelevant relevant to a b and c you know what i mean like or that connects to this part of our work together and then you know like whatever i don't know like the, the technical things you can fill in but it's just because when i initially kind of asked you about these questions like well digitizing files is very important your brain immediately went to me doing more like i'm going to take all of my sunday you know away from my personal time and i'm just going to get this stuff done cool you're probably going to get it done faster but what if it didn't need to get done fast again getting you closer well okay closer i need to train my staff and digitize files can i do those in parallel right so it's like can i combine all of those pieces which goes back to again how are you allocating your 80 like that 80 20 aspect and what is actually getting me closer to more so or, or or what is actually getting me close to what i want so what what's landing for you there um that is phenomenal advice based on the fact that you don't know my field that made so much sense <laughs> and it's very very possible to like even just the employee that i'm onboarding right now before i onboard the next one in in a week um like these are things that she could be doing Absolutely. Like kind of as a precursor, like before you start with these clients, can you help me move these files? So my mind garbage was telling me that I look less professional if I don't start her off on this foot. Yeah. And there it is, right? So like I have to be polished and perfect to deliver this thing, which is just another fancy way of saying I have to do more work to like look a certain way. Whereas the the closer filter is oh, cool. You're coming in. Perfect. Let, like, let's learn together. And like the irony of this is like, this is actually something that can be empowering because it's like, you're coming in as part of your training and it contributes to the creation of the system that we're going to be using, like to, to a new employee. That's pretty powerful. And in full disclosure, like that is actually how I created my training systems for. So in case you don't know, or for anybody else listening that doesn't fully know my story. So I owned a brick and mortar weight loss center for, for 10 years, right? So we had like the personal training, we had the nutrition and we had the lifestyle coaching all in one. So when it came to like my personal trainers, like I had trainers that have never 
like they may might have gone to school for something or were currently in school for something related to that. And then we got them to be like client ready in, in a fairly short amount of time. But the initial like two people that I had hired on for that, they were part of that. Like they helped do the voiceovers for the exercise videos. They helped me create the the trainings. Like they were actually involved in doing of the thing. So it, it just kind of seems like it's a good way to, you know, kill two birds with one stone type of thing. So again, what, what, what lands for you there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that is a really nice way to shift that idea. Um, and like both of the employees. So the one that I've already hired and the one that's coming on end of next week are both very, um, enthusiastic about the field and very excited about um, the opportunities that you get in private practice and and just the the building of things so both of them are very um very aligned with with building and creating and thinking outside the box and um and so I think that like they are both probably going to think that. And I'm just in my head over here thinking I have to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. So yeah, I'm glad that's coming out for you because if you flip that around and look at it from the perspective of somebody wanting to be in this field, I, I'm going to assume you're hiring like relatively junior people as opposed to like really seasoned, like have been in the trenches for like a long time. Like, and you can grab me for that's just the depression I'm getting. There's a mixed bag. There's a mixed bag. Okay, cool. Yeah. So let's just go with the passion bit. Like the benefit of small private practice is like so much variety in the work, so much ability to like influence positively, like the decisions that actually get made, being able to see your decisions actually lead to like changes, contributing, being a part of the change having more of that finger feel of like everything that's going on in the like space where you're working. Whereas it's a lot harder to get that in a bigger organization where it's like, this is your role and you stay within your role. And like, that's all you do for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So I, I just bring that up to like celebrate the fact that if you're bringing people in that are excited to be in that type of environment, like they will thrive with you know autonomy that is actually like you still have the constraints like it's still your business it's it's you're still the leader you, you know you're the one that gets to veto things but if you set those constraints wide enough that they can actually express themselves and learn things along and contribute that actually creates uh like an environment where Let's just say if you're not able to short-term pay them what like a big organization might be able to, you make up for that in the fulfillment in the short term. And then, you know, obviously long-term, you can get to a point where you can. So again, what, what, what lands for you there? Yeah. Um, hundred percent. And that's what I've always said about private practice is the beauty in it is you are not constrained by your um, employer's money. You are not constrained by, you know, well, the government gives us money for 14 sessions. And if you don't, you know, you only get to make goals that can be achieved within these 14 sessions. Whereas I'm very patient and family centered and I can work with 
all of the factors that the family is considering, which is funding or, you know, priorities or, you know, some, some families have autism funding through the OAP and, you know, they have a lot of, of funding there to get a lot of services and, and in private practice, like if you have the people and you have the hands, you can give them exactly what they want and help them achieve the goals that they're trying to achieve in the school board. Like you get consultation once every month or something like that. So I love the beauty of the flexibility. <clears throat> um, and, and I think that people who don't have the tolerance for that will just not work in a private practice setting. That's all. And so people who are gravitating towards me like the flexibility and the opportunity um, of private practice. I think, I think there's a lot to be said there. Um, like I, I, I'm not a huge fan of privatized healthcare, I'll be honest. Um, but I, I see um, service gaps. And when there's service gaps, um, you know, you have to fill those voids because I don't think anybody should be left scrambling and settling um, if they have funding or, you know, if there's government funding there or whatever it is. I'm trying my best to get my services government funded anywhere and everywhere that I can. Um, and I'm actually making headway in that. So I'm, it's, it's, it's very, it's passionate work. Beautiful. Yeah. And, and again, I would encourage you just to go back to previous point, because you are bringing in these people that have the same, it's like, you know, that the cultural fit is more important than the skill fit. Uh, I think it's going to be very true for what you do and, and the type of setup that, that you seem to be building. It's like, goes back to that same question, just like with the digitizing of the files, like, is it absolutely necessary for you to be the only one that does all of the pitching for these programs, right? Like would somebody else actually enjoy going through that process, even though a lot of it is tedious, but if you're first learning it, like maybe it's actually exciting for somebody. Can I, somebody else be involved in those meetings? Can somebody else contribute to researching those programs? You know what I mean? Like there, there's so much variety in that. And, and I only bring that to your attention because if it shifts your perspective from like, I'm the one that has to do it because I'm the boss. Um, I think letting go of that actually opens up the possibility to like really multiply what you do faster or easier than, than it might seem right now. Mm -hmm. I will definitely leave this call with a, with a bigger perspective on things that I can, that I can delegate to both alleviate, um, my workload, but also empower. So I love that. Yeah. My, my virtual assistant is definitely doing a lot of my, my legwork and, and she's as enthusiastic as I am about all of this. And that's been like a blessing, um, a huge blessing. She came right at the perfect time and she has helped me move this business so far, so fast in the next, in the past few months that, uh, yeah. Um, I've been relying a lot on, on her support, but I'm like very quickly absorbing this information and thinking, okay, so what can I delegate to my employees? <laughs> Cause it's like right in what they're doing, you know? Love it. Love it. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, from my perspective, this doesn't happen often on, you know, this show or, or, or what I do. It's like, these are just shifts and tweaks in the lens through which you view decisions like these are kind of more mental like reframes or heuristics that you use to make decisions like the more versus closer and things like that 
Um, so it's not often that the conversation just lands on like mental models and just like, how do I make better decisions with regards to where I'm at? Long story short, at least from what was brought into the container right now, there's not really like head trash type things there's always shifts for all of us to make that that's not at all what I'm getting at, but it's like, as far as like the real, like there's hardcore bottlenecks with regards to like, how I am being that's stopping the business. It doesn't sound to me like that exists. This is just more about taking a more experienced perspective of having done something previously and just being like, Hey, did you look at this this way? Or this is an alternative way to, to look at this, uh, this particular thing, which I'm totally cool to do. Um, follow up question to that would just be, is there still something left outstanding that you want to bring in today? Or does this kind of feel complete for you right now? Hmm. Um, I'm sure there's more that I can bring in. I definitely know that, um, letting go of the control is, is something that I'm working towards and is probably the factor that's making me feel like there's just not enough of me right now. Um, because I go to delegate something and it's like, oh no, I have to do that. And then I go to, and oh no, I have to do that. Um, but like you're saying, if I, if I create, if I take, you know, a, a solid chunk of time and I create the system in which I can delegate, then, then that's probably my priority is just decide what I need to, to delegate. I'm trying to think of what else was in that, um, that questionnaire. I'm not sure. I can do a ton. I can do a ton with what, what has already been said. Yeah, the, the, that part, I, I don't doubt at all. I mean, I, yeah. I know we just met, but like, yeah, the, the feeling is abundantly clear that, yeah, you can <laughs> you can take the little things and uh, absolutely run with it. So the only thing I'll just kind of poke at, and if it goes somewhere great, if not also great, <laughs> what, uh, what feels uncertain or unsafe about letting go of control? What feels uncertain or unsafe? Uh, I think it usually comes down to um, regulatory guidelines. Um, mm. Our practicing college is, you know, rightfully um, pretty strict on rules and regulations and exactly how things need to be done. And I always make sure to operate within those guidelines. So, you know, things like confidentiality and um, privacy of personal health information are always at the forefront of what I'm doing. And um, that's probably the factor that that. I worry about the most in my business is just to make sure that everything that I am doing is according to um, professional expectations of me and my field. So I think as long as I'm considering those, um, I I am okay to work within those that structure. Yeah. And I think that's 110% justified, like that that is a very real constraint in the business and in the industry yeah. that you're in. So yeah, yeah, I think that just falls in line with, you know, that that's part of the beast that, that, that you are taming. So I, I get that. Yeah. So listen, from, from my perspective, um, there, there doesn't seem to be like, there's like something glaring that, that needs diving into beyond, let's just say the surface level tactical things that we unpack today. So does that feel complete for you? Is there still something left outstanding? 
that feels great for me, but I would say you think that it's superficial. I think that that's deep. That hits me deep. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I say that not to be like discounting a view. It's just (laughs) given where it normally goes. Okay. It's quite uh, on the superficial because it's just a switch of the lens through which you're viewing it. Um, So I I mean it in that way. I don't mean it in like, yeah, yeah, that was easy or whatever, right? Like that, that's fine. No, I just think that this is probably more impactful than you're than you're giving yourself credit for. <laughs> All right, fair. <laughs> I, I'm willing to receive that as well. So, but, but that, that's fine. <laughs> well, uh, Roxanne, thank you very much for bringing uh, all of this into it. Like I said, it's not a typical episode, but I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, why don't you just uh, close us off and let everybody know where to find you, who's the best person to find you. Floor is yours for that. Absolutely. So um, I have a website, um, but it's a little bit long. So I don't know if there's somewhere I can plug that in. Yeah, Um, I will include that in the show notes. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So um, I think if anybody just Googles Roxanne Bois, B-O-I-S, speech language pathologist, you will eventually get (laughs) directed to my website. I'm on Instagram, uh, roxannebois.slp. And that's where I do a lot of my educating and fun things like that. Um, I'm on Facebook too, Roxanne Bois, or my business name also has a Facebook account. Uh, that's about the limit of my socials, but I am fairly active in there. Um, and then I, uh, who should, who should find me is, um, essentially anybody feeling like they, um, need some communication voice or swallowing support. Um, I have a lot of training personally, um, with, um, you know, a large variety of things. Most recently, a super interested in autism and something called just adult language processing. So that's kind of my current passion project and some education that I'm looking to provide um, to families, but also to other SLPs who aren't quite familiar with this. Um, so yeah, um, something else I have like a lot of, uh, experience and education in recently would be transgender voice. Um, so gender voice affirming care, um, but also very, very, um, interested in voice overall. Um, and then into the aging population, geriatrics is like one of my absolute favorites. So I'm trying to establish contracts with home care so that I can go and offer publicly funded services to adults, you know, post stroke or with dementia or, you know, um, any, any, um, brain injury type thing or degenerative disease type thing, both with communication, but also swallowing. So I know a lot of people aren't quite aware of the SLP role in, in swallowing, but you know, everything above the neck is our forte. So we work with, you know, modified diets, people who have a hard time swallowing, who choke when they're swallowing, uh, whether that's, you know, typical aging or after a stroke or, you know, cancer, things like that. Um, everything under the sun. Um, so yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit of a higher interest with that, um, geriatric older population, um, working kind of towards making sure that older adults are better taken care of, um, from the SLP standpoint. And, uh, yeah. So in the children population, there's 
tons of voids there. So articulation, kids who have um, difficulties with certain speech sounds or some late, you know, late talkers or oh, stuttering. I mean, I've pretty much done it all, love it all. And then the last piece to the puzzle, which is my my newest passion project is feeding, um, especially with um, neurodiverse kiddos who have, you know, the picky eaters are ones who'll, who will uh, struggle to get the proper nutrition in because there's um, some some aversions there or hypersensitivities. So I got a whole programming built up in my mind and just waiting on funding to get that done where I want to have like a communal space to work on feeding in a fun way. So kind of go from seed to table and walk the kids through that process of, you know, engaging with planting your food, watching it grow, kind of like mini grocery shopping, uh, prepping the food together and eating together just to kind of reinforce the, bring it back to your, your nature, like your natural innate, not just getting something from a grocery store, very natural nature-based want to get that program up and running and see how many families we can help. Oh, and FASD. Yeah. Okay. I also run, (laughs) I'm also partnered with a, um, a local Aboriginal health clinic here in Sudbury. So we're building up a, um, fetal alcohol syndrome, uh, disorder diagnostic clinic. Um, so yeah, that's another, so many things on the go. I tell you, I was gonna say, I'm like, well, it's such a, unfortunately you don't have like one thing that you're good at you know like a, it's, it's like there's like 10, 10 things that you're an expert in so i think that's super cool um yeah so definitely uh yeah we'll include all of that uh in the show notes uh Roxanne, thank you very much for uh coming on sharing all of your stuff allowing yourself to be witnessed and uh yeah for everybody else listening we'll uh we'll see you on the next one thank you so much <laughs>